Welcome. This is the Word to Wisdom with John Strasser, a teaching ministry that will build you up in the love of God's Word. And now, here's John. Welcome to the program today. This is John Strasser. Uh, we're so happy to have you. As I look over the places where people are listening from, it's really heartwarming to know that we're reaching people in different countries and places that are just amazing. It warms our hearts. So thank you for listening. It's really something and we're glad to be able to provide you with a living word all over the world. It's just fantastic. So praise God for that. We're thankful. Today, I want to get back into that living word. I want to go into Philippians 4, into the very well-known scripture where Paul, who's writing from prison, talks about rejoicing in the Lord. And I say that the word is a living word because Many of us know this verse. Some could probably recite it, and you've read it many times. And Paul is saying in verse 4, and again, this is chapter 4 in Philippians, in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Now that alone is a lot being said, and uh, Paul is encouraging us to rejoice all the time. Bear in mind, Paul wrote this from prison, and he could have easily not felt this way. I'm sure he didn't feel so great there, but... He chose to rejoice, and he did. Uh, But he goes on to say, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, he says. It means be worried for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he also goes on to tell us how we should be thinking. Look at verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely and of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And then he finishes up this part of his letter by saying, and the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, he's saying his example. He's saying practice those things, do those things, and the peace of God will be with you. Now, I love this verse, and I love reading it this way. This is in the King James, New King James Version. Um, But I was reading in another translation this morning that I normally don't teach from, but I happen to like the way this was worded. So I want to go into this. This is a Passion Translation. Again, I don't teach from the Passion that often, but once in a while, a verse is written in such a way as it brings something out that's really rich, and I feel the same way here. So Listen to this from the Passion Translation, the same verses. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. Let your joy overflow. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. And look at this part where he's saying, don't be anxious and don't be worried. They write it this way. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with an overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, and holy, merciful, and kind. 
and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. And he finishes up by saying, put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me and seen in my life, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. One of the things I drew from this translation is when he writes, tell him every detail. He's saying, be saturated in prayer and offer faith-filled prayers to God and tell him every detail of your life. Then the wonderful peace of God that transcends your understanding will guard your hearts and minds. One of the pictures I got that I want to put forward to you, and this has been coming up a lot over the last several months, is that our Father God, we serve God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are one, and I believe that to be the truth. But when we come to God, especially in times of difficulty, Paul was in a time of difficulty here. He was in jail when he wrote this. And he's instructing us to be in a place of rejoicing, always. And he's saying, don't be worried about anything. And I love the way this translation says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. This is what happens when we get worried. We're on a path, we're doing something that the Lord has us doing, and then worry shows up or fear shows up and it takes you off path very, very easily. And we're being instructed, no matter which version of this you read, to be anxious for nothing, not worried about anything, but in everything. In other words, everything that's in your heart and mind, by prayer and supplication, give it to God. This other translation says, Tell him everything, every detail. But one of the things I don't know that we always picture is that we're going to a father who is our dad. I know he's Lord. I know he's king. I know he's sovereign. We know those things. But he's also your dad. It's both. We fear God and we respect him, but he also wants this closeness. And if you imagine yourself when you were younger, if you had a father, and if you didn't, maybe there was somebody who was a father figure, or maybe it was your mother, but you could go to somebody you trusted and tell them what was bothering you, and you felt a sense of relief, because they were going to take care of it. That's what Paul is saying here. And whether your natural parents were great or not, your spiritual father is. He's perfect, and his love for you is probably far greater than you might imagine. And that's something he wants you to know too. And he's saying here, go to God with the very, very thing or things that are weighing on you, pulling you off track that you are worried about. Worry is a fruit that is not of the Holy Spirit. Fear is a fruit that is not of the Holy Spirit. We have joy, we have peace, we have faith. Those are fruits of the Holy Spirit. And if we're not in that place, then we're operating outside of God's best for us. This scripture, I woke up to the scripture in my heart because we've been going through things here too that have brought anxiety and fear and definitely sidetracking our focus on the things God is doing to get us to stop speaking the gospel, to be a distraction from whatever God is doing in your life. And that's the enemy's intent, to take you off track, to get you afraid, get you nervous, get you worried, fretting, dreading. And here Paul's saying, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. Let your joy overflow. And that might be hard to hear, depending on where you're at. It's like, I don't want to be joyful. I, don't, I, I want to complain. 
But complaining is a really bad thing to do. Don't do it. I think you know that in your heart. Don't do it. Don't give the enemy the satisfaction. So Paul is telling us to rejoice in the Lord always. And he repeats it. And again, I'm saying rejoice. He's saying not to be worried about anything. So in order to do that, you really do need to have your focus on the author and the finisher of your faith, and that is Jesus. He is the author and finisher of your faith. He will carry you through these things. He's a good God, and you know what? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God is a good God. Your Father God is a good God. He's full of loving kindness. He loves you as a son and a daughter. And that's what I was trying to say before. Approach God as a son, as a daughter. I think this is missing. Some people forget that God is a daddy. He's your daddy. I know he's almighty God. He's that too. But you have a right. You were given a right. Jesus made the way for you to have the right to come before God. He opened that door for you by dying on the cross, raising again. It, so much happened on the cross. So much happened in the resurrection for you. It was all for you. Everything was done for you. God loved the world so much, it says, he gave his son. So that when we would believe on him, we would have everlasting life. So you are a son and a daughter and you have everlasting life. And so much more even here, right here, right now. You've spoken about it before. God has given us everything that we need as it pertains to godliness and a godly life. And the right to rejoice is one of those things. You have a right to rejoice and to stand in victory no matter what is going on. Be it in your personal life and home, be it in your work environment or your town or your city or the village where you are. Something may have happened in your church. Something may have happened in the political realm around you. Something may be going really wrong. And yet the Lord is saying, take the position as son and daughter. Be sons, be daughters, because that's who you are. John wrote, he said, you know, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that is who you are. So Paul is writing this one, as children of God. He doesn't use those words, but that's who he's speaking to. You, sons and daughters, rejoice in the Lord, always. And he says, and again, I'm going to say it, and rejoice. He said, let your gentleness be seen by all men, because the Lord is ever near. And don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, or don't be anxious about anything. Be worried for nothing. Let what's in your heart be handed over, cast over into God's arms. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Tell him every little bit. But when you're telling God whatever it is that's bothering you, tell him knowing that you are there as the son and daughter of God and that he's hearing you as a good God, a good father, hearing what you have to say because he cares about what you have to say. And have that rejoicing in your spirit, that knowing in your spirit, that childlike knowing that daddy's going to fix this thing because daddy loves me and he cares for me. Sometimes we really have to see that side of God. My life improved tremendously when I saw that side of God. I was always taught to fear God, overly so, too much. And it was so formal and so rigid. 
And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus was not rigid and didn't make everybody bow down at him. And he, he was right there with them, touching them, holding them, blessing the children and letting them come near him. And Jesus was the example of the Father. The beginning of Hebrews tells us that God spoke to people throughout the ages in bits and pieces. He did so through the prophets and the scriptures. And we only saw part of it. But then the writer goes on, and again, this is in the beginning of Hebrews, to say that, but in these days, he's speaking to us through his son. And that his son was a full and exact representation of the Father. So we would then know fully what is the Father like. Jesus showed us. And that's something you have to see. Look at Jesus and you will see the Father too. So when you approach God and you're telling him something, see that side of it too. It's important. It really is. God doesn't want you afraid of him. They're shaking in front of him like you have no right to be with him. He wants your relationship and closeness with him. He wants to enjoy time with you. And because of it, this scripture makes more sense when it says to rejoice always. When you know how loving your father is, that rejoicing becomes a different thing. It's, in a sense, easier. Even if things are bad, it's still so good to be with your father. God is amazing beyond anything I can comprehend or say or explain. But God the Father loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to make all of this possible. And as we know, in the gospel, Jesus took our place. He took our punishment. He did that so that you don't have to take that punishment and you believe on him and you receive him and you become a new creation. You are now a son and a daughter. And then when Jesus went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it just, it's just more. It's always more, you know. And the Holy Spirit is here glorifying Jesus, strengthening us. He is the power of God in us and he's He's helping us understand this word that we're talking about here today, comforting our hearts. And in doing so, we have relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It sounds like a lot, but it's all true. Our God is a good God. And that's, I think, the bottom line of all of this. He's a good God. And because of it, you can rejoice always. Be cheerful a joyous celebration, no matter what the season has brought. Maybe it's a dry season or a rainy season or a season in which you don't see a lot of fruit. But regardless of what that is, he's saying be joyful anyway because God is good and he always has good for you, always. And he will bring about the change and work things out for the good. And that's why he's saying whatever it is, the scripture is saying whatever it is that's in you, Bring that to him and bring it to him with a thankfulness. And that thankfulness is there because you know God is good. That's why it's there. When you're bringing something to your father, you're saying, I know he's going to do something. So thank you so much that you are my father, that you are good. Oh, this, is, this is all so good. I think I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to read the Passion Translation one more time. Uh, maybe not all of it, just uh, to go through the first few verses. So again, it says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow 
and let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated, I like that. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. I like that. Tell him every detail of your life. And God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. It goes beyond it. That will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And I think I'll stop right there. You can read the rest. It's such a good scripture. It's such a good word. And it's a living word. So, Again, I'll leave it right there. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this is a blessing to you. You know, rejoice in the Lord always. So thank you for listening. We love you. Let this word fill your heart and bless you. And we will see you on the next episode.